0: think we all have somebody that we miss right now because there's a time of separation but you know what I love about Christ is we don't ever really say goodbye it's till we meet again and he is able to accomplish that at the cross and you know that's what of course the season's all about I mean when we think about Christmas Christmas and Easter are linked together he came, but he came for a reason. And it, I'm looking forward to to see some people I miss too. Grace, as we all are. And I love that um, Isaiah 9-6. He called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's who our Jesus is. He submitted himself to the cross. I love that Philippians 2 passage. In in the King James, it says, "Made himself of no reputation." He did that for us. It's overwhelming. Our Sunday school lesson this morning had to do with pardon. And we think about forgiveness, but when we think about a pardon, it means that our crime is taken away, and we are no longer looked at through others as a criminal. That's the power of that forgiveness, and that's the power of the good news of Christ. Um, Anyway, I'm looking at uh, submitting another form this morning, (coughs) going through some lessons on marriage, and uh, Ephesians 5.22, if you have your Bibles open, if you'll stand in God's honor, and I'm going to read Ephesians (laughs) 5.22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you for your word, Lord, and God, when I think about submit, Lord, um, Christmas reminds me that you, the all-powerful creator of all, submitted yourself to come here to take on the flesh of humanity and the weakness that we possess fully, one of us, but God. And submitted yourself to that, Lord. <laughs> and then your mission to die up on a cross, Lord. Now that's submission, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I, I just pray as, as we go forward with a message on, on family, on <laughs> marriage this morning. God, speak to us, Lord. I say far more than I could ever say. Holy Spirit, uh, touch hearts. Uh, That's what we need, that's what we long for. We just want an encounter with you. So, have your way. Thank you for allowing us to be together. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Uh, (laughs) You know, there are certain words that bring pain and fear when we hear them. I listed several of these. Cancer, hell, depression, recession, layoff, that's two words, tar heels, that's two words too, there's ten. (laughs) Okay, here's a few more. Foreclosure, divorce, inoperable, infertile, loneliness, paralyzed, sin, war, respirator, and this morning, we're looking at a six-letter word that many people might think is more like a four-letter word, submit. So I, I want to look this morning the context of what we're looking at here with the word submit. Oftentimes, we hear this verse, and in the context of it, it is more like wives obey your husbands in everything and in all things. But that's not what it says here. It says Submit. And if we want to be honest about the context of this verse, we actually have to jump up to verse 18, which is the beginning of the thought and leads us to verse 22 and beyond. Because the whole context of the scripture deals with submission, but not just submission for one, the wife. As a matter of fact, we'll jump back to verse 18 It's interesting, um, as you go through this text, you see that submission applies to everybody in the family. Uh, Actually, at verse 18, he's beginning a new thought, and he says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, you know, wild living. He says, But instead, be filled with the Spirit. So he gives this command. It's like, you want to be separate from the world? You want to make a difference in your community and with the people that you love? Man, don't look for answers by being disconnected from the world in your pain. Instead, look for answers by being connected to God through his Holy Spirit. That, That is what he tells us. And then he goes on in the next verse, and he says this in verse 19. He says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, once you are filled with the Spirit of God, the result of that is that your heart is just filled with thanksgiving. Man, you want to sing to Him You want to shout about his kindness that has been shown to you, poured out to you. And then comes the next verse, which is the key verse, really, of this whole passage. Verse 19, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, it really doesn't matter whether you're a husband, a wife, a parent, a child, which is all mentioned in the passage that follows, all are called to submit. That's the word. And you know, someone once said, I wouldn't call him a wise sage, but he said, you know, a man needs to get married because he can't blame everything on the government. <laughs> but hey, you better not blame it on your wife either, buddy, or you'll be in trouble. Uh, But anyway, uh, as we look at submission, I want to look at several points here. The first point is, submission is mutual. It's to be shared. All parties that are involved are to submit. Uh, Verses 21 through 24. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And then it goes on the next verse. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church. You know, he doesn't give us, I love Paul's simplicity, he doesn't give us long drawn out lists. He doesn't say, husbands, uh, you know your chore list. Take out the trash. Make sure the oil in the car is changed regularly and the tires are rotated. Um, Walk the dog, mow the grass. You know your jobs. It's not a list like that. He gives um, one command. He says, love your wife." Christ loves the church. See, submission is mutual. Husbands are to submit to their wives. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? I have to submit to my wife? Yes, you do. Because if you love your wife, you are willing to die for her. You are willing to sacrifice yourself for her. The ultimate submission, the submission of Christ for us, the story, the good news of the gospel. So it is a mutual Submission that occurs in the text—that um, is, it is that that great love. It's interesting. Um, the words "submit" that are used throughout this passage. The words for husband and wife, when it speaks of submission, that word is different than the word that is used for children and for slaves later on in the text, and. Uh, you know, it's interesting, as one commentator said, and I think it's a so true. So there's a reason for that. The relationship between husbands and wives, it, it's different than the other relationships. Husbands, you're not to treat your wives like children or slaves. There's a picture here, in this picture of cement, it means rank or file, and it is for functionality. It is for the purpose of the family and how it is to operate and how it is to be arranged for God's work. Here's a definition of submission I want to give to you. It is the willingness to cooperate with and adapt to the needs of those you love. That's that's the point of a functionality. Now turn me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7... Uh, there is another instance of in marriage that speaks of mutual submission. Um, starting at verse 3 and going through verse 5. It says, so then if she marries. am I, in, I mean Romans, man. Forgive me. I said, <laughs> what? I'm glad I caught myself because that was nothing like this. All right. Um, I do not say this to condemn you. I have said before in the world, let me read it out of here. We're, I'm in Second Corinthians now. You better start <laughs> you better start praying for me. I can't get myself straight. <sighs> yeah, I'm glad you better pray harder. The the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The point is, guys, you belong to one another. There's a mutual submission to one another. And that is to be carried out, that is to be respected. And and then go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Since I can't use my Bible, I'm going to stick here, I think, for a little bit of that. Uh, Verse 2. It says, Now I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. And and so the point is, I say here, it, it lists in here that the man is the head of woman. But this is not inferiority and superiority. This is functionality. Because we'd be heretics if we said that the head of Christ is God because Christ is God. There is a functionality there between that of the Spirit of God and the Father and of the Son of God. And there's a functionality between the husband and the wife. Remember, Jesus said, I and my Father, we are one. Scripture says Jesus was in very nature God. In John chapter 6, Jesus said, I didn't come from heaven to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And he said, if it's possible, Father, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not my will but your will be done and so there's a functionality it's not a superiority it's not an inferiority it's a working together that is part of submission secondly submission is provisional and what i mean by that submission is not a blank submission to everything that is commanded or asked by a husband. That is not what the scripture means. Matter of fact, let's go back to our text here. Um, and he says in Ephesians 5 and 21, I uh, said earlier, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then you come to that next verse, which is our main text here, verse 22 and it reads wives submit to your own husbands but interestingly as to the lord but interestingly enough the word wives is inserted by the translators it's not actually there in the greek but in the greek but it comes from the previous verse verse 21 which says out of reverence for christ and so you can literally read this And it tells us that wives, as you submit, you submit, or it says submit as to Christ in in everything. And so the point is that Christ is the one ultimately to be submitted to. I mean, if your husband says to you, don't go to church. Go drinking with me on Saturday night. Neglect kids. and God would never ask you to do that. To violate his word. And to step out what is best for the family. That is not his plan. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If you remember back there we read earlier. There's a chain of command. And it speaks of God the father. And son and then the husband and the wife, if that chain of command is broken and the husband is not following Christ, then the wife is in a position where she is not following Christ if she obeys an order that is against what Christ desires. The principle in Acts 529, it says, we must obey God rather than men. Listen, this is John Piper's words about this proper attitude. He says, the husband does not replace Christ as the woman's supreme authority. She must follow her husband's leadership, but she must not follow her husband's leadership into sin. Even where a Christian wife may have to stand with Christ against the simple will of her husband, she can still have a spirit of submission. She can show by her attitude and behavior that she does not like resisting his will and that she longs for him to forsake his sin and lead in righteousness so that her disposition to honor him as head can again produce harmony. Listen, this is First Peter 3, 1 and 2. What a text. It says, Wives, in the same way submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and the reverence of your life. So she is submitting to Christ. Third, submission is purposeful. Uh, there's a purpose for it. <laughs> Number one: submission is to enable a, a man to be able to lead. I know, sometimes we mess it all up. I get it. but you know, if you don't give us a chance to lead, how are we ever going to learn to lead? And I know some of y'all may think, you don't know my husband. I don't think he's capable of making a wise, good decision. Be careful. He did ask you to marry him. Give us a chance. Show us grace. Help us in leading. Yeah, we do need help. Yeah, we don't always have it together. Sometimes we do make dumb decisions. There's a story about a guy named Pete Flattery who was the county commissioner... In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he was passing by a construction site with his wife. Stopped at a red light, and one of the construction workers yelled out, "Nancy, do you remember me? We dated in high school." And Mrs. Flattery sat there quietly, kind of way. And then uh, her husband, <clears throat> you know, he's kind of proud. He said. <clears throat> Man, aren't you glad you married me so that you are married not to a construction worker, but to the county commissioner of Pittsburgh? And um, she said, Sweetheart, if I would have married him, he would have been the county commissioner. <laughs> so it is not to say by a man leading that a woman is not Crucial. Men in that leadership right secondly it points to christ it points to christ in submitting um, verse 24 it says therefore just as the church is subject to christ so that their wives speak to their husbands submit to their husbands in everything and then down in verse 30 it says we're members of his body that is the church for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and his church. You see, the scripture gives a picture that a marriage that is right is a picture of the good news of Christ, of Christ and his church, of what love is supposed to look like, and how love is to operate. And so I guess the question that we all ask... You know, and the purpose is do our marriages point people to Christ or away from Christ? Because that is the design. That is the desire. Man, when, when we are walking with the Lord and one another in our in our marriages, it is a beautiful testimony of God and His love and His power. And, and that's what He's meant to do. That's what He desires to do in us and through us. And then... One last one, submission is respectful. It says in verse 33, however, however, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. A word for respect uh, is a picture of esteem Well, so, how do you do that? Well, you don't roll your eyes all the time. I cannot believe that, you know, kind of thing. And uh, it, It's painful, but you know what? Sometimes we all have to be patient with one another, <laughs> and we all have to look for th- ways to encourage one another. I love the old story in the 1800s of Queen Victoria who, married her sweetheart who was not royalty beforehand of prince albert and they got in a marital spat and finally albert had had enough and so being a man he ran away and he went in and he locked the door of the room and elizabeth came and she banged on the door and she said this is the queen of england give me entrance She banged again. This is the Queen of England. Give me entrance. Still nothing up. So she meekly knocked on the door. And she said, husband, uh, dear, beloved, it's your wife. Will you let me in? And he opened the door. So what's the point Uh, of respect goes a long way? When we're upset and when we're mad, if we just gently show a little humility and a little respect, it can powerfully change a situation. Uh, You know, we think, "Hmm, I don't like doing that. But the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of value just to sit down and, and start making a list of what's my loved one done for me that's good. What do I take for granted or or what does he do or or what does she do on on a regular basis that maybe I've never said thank you for? And write those down and and take the time to to point those out. Let people know they're appreciated. Let your loved one know that you are grateful for what they do. And it's so amazing. you know. I I know with Cindy and I, I think it's probably true with every married couple, you kind of fall in these roles and you just start doing things. And honestly, you get comfortable with doing those things and you kind of take for granted they're going to get done. And um, it's it's easy to take that for granted. But don't take that for granted. Philippians 4, it tells us whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. (laughs) So point that out. Don't just always, you know, look for the things and talk about the things that irritate you or upset you, but try to point out the things that are a blessing to you. Hmm. Husband and wife got up one morning, had breakfast together. She turned to him and she said, Sweetie, you don't know what today is, do you? Smiles. You don't know what today is, do you? Yeah, I know what day is. Are you sure you know what today is? I know what today is. She got up, put on his coat, went to work. Well, about 10 o'clock in the morning, there's a knock on the door. She opens the door, and there's beautiful, long stemmed roses brought over by the florist. She was grateful. About noon, there's another knock on the door. Big box of expensive chocolate candies delivered to her. Oh, she's liking this. A couple hours later in the afternoon, a beautiful dress specifically for her delivered from the boutique. Oh, she's so excited. Can't wait for her husband to get home. Comes home. She opens the door. She embraces him. And she says to him, Sweetheart, I've been waiting for you to come home all day. First the flowers, then the chocolates, then the dress. Honey, I've never had a more wonderful Groundhog Day in all my life. Sometimes little kindness don't take a special day. Sometimes they take a special understanding that your loved one needs to be noticed, cared for. Uh, Ruth Graham was famous for saying of her husband Billy Graham, my job's to love Billy. It's God's job to change him. It's our job to love god's job to change let's pray Uh, god i I thank you for your word Um, father as we look at this issue of submission there is a functionality to it lord but it's to point to you and obviously you're the one who set the pattern jesus Um, i love that in philippians 2 lord where you say your attitude should be the same as that of christ jesus who Being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness as a human being. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. Father, as we think of of that submission, we we come to you not, not just with a person that we love in our family, but grateful that you chose to love us, Lord. And we are to walk in that kind of love, no matter what the role is in our family. We are to we're to say, help us, Lord, because we need it. <laughs> so, Father, I pray as, as we bring our issues to you this Christmas season and our families to you, we know that every family... Father, it has something that they are struggling and facing. And I just pray, oh God, that the gospel would be more alive than ever in our families, in our homes. And that we would see the power of the Christ who awaits to provide pardon to us. And Father, just bring us uh, to the altar to pray, to just to trust you, to, 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 Father, receive your forgiveness. And God, what do you want to do with us, Lord? May we just follow This morning, as you call us to yourself, I thank you for each one here. And I thank you that you're here, Lord. So move among us. In Christ's name we pray.